What's going on guys? Zane here with Everything Vive. Want to welcome you back for another episode. I'm here with Ronnie. Ronnie, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. It's another uh, middle of the week for us here. And um, yeah, man, we got some more some more VR stuff to talk about. Yep, lot, lots of snow this week. So that, <laughs> yeah, that, for- was, uh, that was an exciting... Uh, I wasn't expecting it necessarily. Like I knew... It was going to be hitting the East Coast because I have a brother in New York, and and I I just wasn't expecting it to hit hit here in Chicago as hard as it did. So yes, for sure. If you guys are anywhere in the East Coast uh, or on the Northeast specifically, you know you're, you're getting pretty battered down there. So um, stay warm, play lots of VR, stay indoors. Gives you a good reason and yep, good um, excuse. A good excuse, absolutely. And there are a lot of uh, a lot of awesome games and stuff that we're going to get to in the latter half of the episode. We'll do news first. But before we do that, I want to do another Steam Key giveaway. Uh, we have another one for Smashbox Arena, and we'll have some exciting news for that coming out uh, again soon. We're, we're partnering with the the de- I'm sorry, the developers to um, put together a, a league of sorts. Uh, we did a, a tournament. Uh, last month and so we're trying to do see if we can do like an ongoing league and so we're working with them on that and we'll have more information soon but the uh details for the steam key giveaway it's our usual entry uh entry um rules is that all you got to do is find this episode on youtube we we post these episodes there uh this is going to be episode number 61 and so just leave us a comment there let us know what you think of uh, the news topics that we covered today uh some of the games that we talk about um and if you have any game recommendations and so with that being said leave a comment and we will announce a winner next week so ronnie you ready to jump into the news let's do it cool man well I think we got one main thing that we'd like to talk about this week. I know there's quite a bit happening around the VR world, and that's going to continue to grow. I feel like there's going to be more and more news uh, items every week as VR just, you know, starts to hit that mainstream. But um, I want to focus specifically on the Vive today, and specifically on a well, I guess it was an article on Upload VR, but it looks like it was an interview done with uh, an HTC exec, Joel Breton. And he was talking about Oculus exclusives. And so here's the thing, you know, for the general community, when people talk about Oculus exclusives or just exclusives in general, it it becomes a very heated debate. You have people on one side or the other. And uh, I'm not going to say that people are misinformed, but the thing is, you know, we're we're all just kind of part of the community. Um, When you have people who are in you know, or I guess the movers and shakers or the people who are higher ups at these firms, um, I feel like maybe, well, I feel like on the whole, we definitely listen more because, you know, they de- they have a their finger on the pulse or what is it there? Yeah, finger on the pulse, <laughs> so something like that, uh, where they just have a better idea of what's going on in the industry. And so, you know, this, what Joel Breton came out saying, he, I mean, he, basically said what a lot of HTC uh, fans have said all along is that these Oculus exclusives have been hampering the developers. And he gave several different reasons for that. Um, I don't want to get, well, we can't get into the details, but the one that stuck out to me the most was the idea that it's not building the VR market uh, properly and yeah. proportionally, you know what I mean? Um, no, it's an interesting, yeah. I was just, and I've never seen that, anyone that take that angle. But yeah, yeah go, no, go ahead. What are your thoughts? Yeah, No, I was going to say the same thing. Like that was something that stood out to me. That was, that was 
interesting. I hadn't really thought of it that way. I mean, up to this point, we had kind of, whenever we talk about people pouring money into into titles, it's always seen as a positive thing. So, I mean, you know, most most developers don't get that opportunity to really be able to build whatever they want because they have a lot of limitations. You know, one one major factor of which is just the fact that there aren't tons of headsets out there, so you kind of have to build your game with the expectation of, you know, what the marketplace is actually able to 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 fund and what they're able to sustain. And so as a result, a lot of the stuff that's out there is is more limited in scope but also, you know, kind of appropriate for the price point, that sort of thing. And and part of what what Joel was saying in this uh, in this in this conversation he had with games games wow uh, GameSpot <laughs> <laughs> I always get that uh, mixed up a little bit and I've been uh, yeah I've, it's okay I've, I, I suffer from bouts of dyslexia too so <laughs> but yeah um, in his conversation with them about uh, about this part part of what he was saying was Oculus kind of you know by throwing money at some of these developers to make large budget AAA titles that they, uh, in a way, create kind of like a false expectation of, w- of what that developer is able to do in VR and also what the marketplace can expect. And in a lot of ways, that's bad because then it leads to, like, like I was saying, like it leads to people, people's expectations being too high and then also it leads to these developers then not being able to recoup their investments if they try to make large scale titles in the future without that those types of that types that type of money coming in. So and, and I mean one of the examples that they gave, and I'm not sure that this would necessarily be a problem for them, but um, he mentioned uh, the Oculus exclusive Robo Recall that was recently released by Epic Epic Games and that game, I mean, it. There, it's been quoted as having a budget close to the original Gears of War. So, I mean, we're talking, you know, in the in the millions for sure, um, if not, you know, the tens of millions, probably probably close to that mark. I would imagine. And that was given um, away for free. Yeah, exactly. So, and just the idea that hey, it's it's cool that they make this one-off game, but then, uh, you know, going forward, it's not like that studio is going to be able to you know, make titles of that same quality and expect to actually make money and recoup that those costs from from the plat from the uh, from owners out there that are actually purchasing titles from customers. Really the only way that a developer can make money back from such a huge investment like that is by is by getting funding from outside. Because I mean just I mean I, I think I was listening to a different podcast recently or or reading something that was just going over, you know, just the raw numbers of how many headsets are out there right now. I mean, if you think about it, if, if you're, to, if you're to take Tim Sweeney on his word, for example, I think he said something like he estimates that there's approximately 750,000 vibes out there and about 250 or so thousand Oculus rifts out there. And, you know, just under a million. So around 900,000 or so, PlayStation VR headsets out there. So I mean, all things told, you're talking about, you know, a couple a couple million headsets max that are able to, you know, support high-end VR. And if your game is going to cost if your game's costing 10 10 million plus, 
even if you sold to every single one of those people, you're not going to really, you know, it, I mean, the chances of, of you making your money back are slim to none when the entire, uh, when the entire platform base is only a couple million. So, I mean, so right now, I mean, really the, the best way to organically move forward, according to, uh, this, this article is, is really, and according to HTC at this point, um, is, is to kind of more organically make, you know, titles that are, are appropriate for where, uh, virtual reality is now. And, and, and I thought it was, a, I'd want to know kind of what your take was. The article kind of that, that I was reading anyways that talked about Joel Breton's, you know, discussion with GameSpot and then kind of it, it pivoted over to then talking, going from him criticizing Oculus for, you know, in some ways, you know, artificially funding to lead to these, you know, uh, this kind of mismatch, as it were, um, to then talking about how Vive has their own, you know, first party development now, um, at HTC and, you know, how, and, and how that would work. And I, I'm just curious. I mean, I'm not sure if, if HTC is taking a completely different approach to Oculus in terms of how they're approaching projects or what. I mean, I do know that. I, I guess, I guess, in a way, the the big thing that seemed different to me, and 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 I'd like to see what you think of this too, is that it sounds like HTC with with their Vive first party titles are going to be a much more open and pl- platform agnostic, and so maybe in a way. Joel is, is thinking, you know, Oculus is kind of doing a, a a bad thing by not only, you know, funding these huge titles, but then also making them exclusive. And by doing that, that that's really the most harmful aspect of it, because you have developers that are developing these exclusive titles for Oculus on these huge budgets and then aren't able to follow up with successful, you know, secondary projects and also aren't able to sell on all of the, the various VR platforms that it that by doing that it it hurts the industry as a whole I'm not sure but but I mean yeah and, and I mean I in some ways it seems like Vive would be doing the same thing as Oculus by having their first party titles that they're going to financially back as opposed to allowing these projects to be you know just completely uh, you know funded on the backs of customers. But at the same time, I guess the difference is maybe this, you know, being more open. And if you are funding titles that are accessible on a wide range of VR platforms, and that's okay for the ecosystem. I'm not sure. Well, what are your thoughts? Yeah. So, well, I mean, there's, you covered quite a bit there. Let's let's take it back for a second to just his, I guess, his criticism of Oculus and uh, you know the the reasoning that he gave. It's you know, I, I don't. I really don't know where to stand on exclusives. I know it's a hot topic, and I, you know, it's, I'm not trying to skirt the, skirt, you know, whatever the the debate is. But for me, like, if people are throwing money into VR, I, it's very hard for me to label it as a bad thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so the thing is, like, I, I'm trying to keep as objective of a view as I can. Uh, you know, I love HTC. I love uh, the the Vive, and you know, I'm really happy with what they're doing with it. But I, when I step back and I try to look at this article and the, the comments made, um, just from a purely objective standpoint, it it, it sounds uh, it doesn't sound like they're whining. It doesn't sound like HTC is whining about it. it. 
it just sounds um, like it's not factually based or that, you know, the evidence is not as empirical as you'd like it to be. And in, in a sense, like, you know, what you were saying when you referenced from the article earlier, that there is a, um, or that, that he wanted the games to match the current marketplace. That's almost like shooting for mediocrity. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I guess, that's that's the best way that I can put it. Where it's just like if you have a company like Facebook, and look, I'm not I'm say what you want about Facebook, say what you want about Oculus, but I'm just saying if you have a company that is willing to throw, a, you know, a ton of money because they have the resources to mm-hmm. to create well polished games, uh, well ahead of like where the market is. Yes, that's mm-hmm. that's dangerous for the company to do, but as a consumer. I, I don't see anything wrong with that. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's hard for me to find something wrong with that. Cause it's just like, okay, you're trying to push this technology at a faster rate than what would normally and organically happen. Um, and the thing is like most of the time when people are pushing the limit, when it comes to technology, you have breakthroughs rather than, uh, setbacks. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, and I, and that's, that's, that's and not, not the, like, I mean, Oh, go, yeah, go to, ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I was just gonna say just to, to, to piggyback off of what you're saying. I mean, it's not like we're talking about titles that would exist otherwise, but for you know Oculus's funding. I mean, a lot of these games that we're talking about that are you know big budget, you know backed Oculus titles are titles that probably would have never existed if Oculus wasn't the one footing the bill. So, so like you were saying, I mean, customers only you know the marketplace gains from those. I mean, if it's better to have. I mean, I wish all VR titles were accessible on all platforms, obviously. But if a game isn't wasn't going to exist otherwise, I don't see why Oculus somehow allowing a game like that to happen and then causing it and then and then making it exclusive on exclusive on their platform is a terrible thing. Because yeah, if if it wasn't going to exist otherwise, at least it exists somewhere, right? Yeah, no, exactly. I, I mean, I, that that's definitely another angle to look at it, but, you know, kind of paints the same picture. Um, I, yeah, it's just, it's tough for me to look at it, you know, and say that it's it's a terribly bad thing. Like, okay, I have a Vive, I don't have an Oculus, so I can't partake in all of the cool content that's coming out on Oculus. But, you know, that's, that's a de- decision that I made that I'm happy with. And, you know, I'm confident that in due time, HTC will come out with its own content um, and that the content will kind of fill itself uh, from there. And mm-hmm. so now, now pivoting to the, I think the second point that you had made, it, you know, it is good though to see HTC um, kind of putting their money where their mouth is, uh, mm-hmm. where they are now releasing their first party titles and making them available for, uh, you know, all platforms. I don't know if it's all platforms. Uh, I know that in the article it specifically mentioned that um, Arcade Saga would become available on PSVR. Um, but it remains to be seen what will happen, uh, or at least I haven't heard anything about it going to Oculus. But yeah, you know, yeah. there's there's what I think another couple games down coming down the pipeline, and I, I, something that I I do want to mention, I want to get your thoughts on is you know a lot of what I'm reading now just on I guess on when you take a bird's eye view or a high level look at what's really going on in these uh, VR wars or the you know the war for for the VR market space, um, mm-hmm. it's it's not really a war of hardware. It's a war of software. Um, yeah. And so, you know, Oculus is, is definitely 
coming in with their own angle, trying to put um, exclusive apps and, and exclusive experiences available on Oculus Home. Um, but you have Valve, which services both sides. So Valve is going to, you know, they're going to do great either way because Rift owners will be able to uh, buy games or, you know, they'll be paying Valve or whatever. And then also you have HTC now working on Viveport, which is going to be the first subscription service that's going to be out there. And I, I, you know, just with the subscription-based models that have become so successful in almost every other industry, uh, you know, I, I got to believe that them being the first to market, it's not going to be perfect and pretty when it comes out, but, you know, them being the first ones available, I think you're going to have a lot of people flock to them. There's going to be a lot of content that comes out and, you know, it's that early bird gets the worm type of situation uh, mm-hmm. unless somebody else can come in right away. But, you know, they'll, they'll be able to, to create a, a wealth of content on their site, on their subscription service for, yep. you know, under 10 bucks a month. I think it was like seven bucks a month. Um, you know, less, less than like a Netflix account or something. So, you know, people will be able to try all these different games and experiences. And I think that's, that's only going to help HTC, uh, grow Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, they're, they're responsible for the hardware. So that, you know, there's a lot of moving parts. It really depends on what angle you look at it with. Um, you know, know, I was going to say like jumping off of that. I mean, we kind of talked about this last week a little bit and it seems like this article is kind of, you know, reemphasizing and 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 confirming some of our thoughts when we were talking about the LG headset. I mean, it does I mean if 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 these early, you know, comments about about Vive about Vive's first party titles uh being accessible via PlayStation VR is any indication, if if HTC takes an open platform approach and lets its software work on you know, any headset that could potentially work with it, like LG's upcoming headset, like other, you know, Steam VR at the very least headsets, um, potentially Oculus. We don't know about that one, but, you know, that might be a little bit more of a stretch, but we'll see. Um, considering, you know, Oculus is does support, you know, Steam VR to some extent. So, so it's possible. But, I mean, the fact that HTC is looking at this as a software uh, war in a sense and and really wanting to support VR as a whole rather than just one uh, obviously by by having a strong virtual reality ecosystem that will ensure the likelihood of success for their VR hardware that much more but it seems like their their approach is let's just support VR period and by helping out the ecosystem we'll make money off of our software and we'll also, you know, help out our hardware. It seems like that's their approach. And they understand that, you know, we need as many customers as we can get. We need as many people out there to support us. And so, and so we're not going to shy away from taking advantage of people out there with PlayStation VRs or, or other future headsets. If they want to buy our software, that's a great thing for us because we'll make money off of it. And it's a great thing for VR in general, which over time will, you know, uh, you know, help our hardware out as well. Like, it seems like that's the approach they're taking. And quite frankly, I mean, a lot of people were saying from the beginning that Oculus's approach was of, of having this kind of, you know, walled off kind of garden of content that only works on their hardware, et cetera, et cetera, was not a smart move. I mean, it's starting to look that way because 
yeah, they're able to fund their own games. And a lot of these games are, a lot of these, these big budget titles, for example, have been in development for a while. So kind of prior to all of the current, you know, consumer level VR stuff kind of shaking out and, you know, I, it's, it's great that they're funding it. Like I said, I, I support, uh, first party titles and I support, you know, these companies going out and, and trying to, you know, pay for, for quality content that we wouldn't be able to get otherwise. But I mean, at the end of the day, I, I, I mean, yeah, I guess if Oculus is just paying for the game, then it'll, so there's going to be developers out there willing to take the check and, and make the game, make the title. But, but how many, that are actually able to take advantage of that. I mean, I guess in the long, long, long term, if you have enough of those titles, if you're paying enough for content, eventually people will come over just by, you know, sheer, we need to do, we need to get this hardware in order to play these titles. But I mean, right now, if those figures I mentioned earlier are true, I mean, the H, the Vive has, you know, three times as many headsets out there as, as Oculus does. And that's even before we have any, you know, other other manufacturers making Steam VR, you know, tracking. Uh, I mean, uh, lighthouse based tracking headsets. And then, and then you have almost a million. You know, you're talking 1.75 million versus 250,000 Oculus units. You know, 1.75 being all of the other potential you know, high-end VR headsets out there right now versus their 250,000. I mean, if, I mean, to some extent I can see, I can see Joel Brennan's point from HTC when he says that, you know, making Oculus, making a title only for them is hurting the rest of the industry because ultimately right now only a small percentage of the virtual reality customer base is able to actually play some of the best stuff. And, and if Oculus was to focus less on its hardware, obviously make good hardware as well. They're, they people love the Rift; it, it's done a great job. But I mean, if they were to to you know focus on the software side as being able to take advantage of everyone out there, because in, in ten years from now, do we really think Oculus is going to be the only manufacturer of virtual reality technology? Like, I, I highly doubt it. So if, if, if long-term you're going to have virtual reality headsets and hardware and everything from all, you know, from various companies instead of just one, you would think that the earlier you get your software working with everyone's platforms, the better. At least that's what I would think. So, and, and maybe, I mean, I'm sure they, they pay a lot of smart people over there at Oculus to make good decisions. So I'm sure they have kind of their, their long-term outlook on where they see all of this stuff going. And I'm sure they have a reason to, to do this the way they're doing it. It's just, yeah, it's looking at it right now, it seems like they're over limiting themselves and they're potentially, you know, in a couple of years from now, they may become far less relevant that they would be otherwise as just like a first party VR studio, for example, or, something else but i don't know yeah no i mean i i can see that point of view I, it's hard for me to see them becoming irrelevant at any point um, yeah i mean they have tons of money tons yeah. of backing they have tons of expertise i mean 
realistically, a lot of the engineers over at Oculus and 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 the people working on, I mean, they're some of the most passionate people about virtual reality on the planet. Like yeah, a lot of the people face, over there, Facebook is just too in, ingrained and entrenched into a lot of things that it's it's not going to become irrelevant. Yeah, but but I'm just saying, like, I, it just it just makes me wonder though, like, why why they're so focused on tying their software to their hardware? I mean, can you imagine if Facebook had <laughs> had tried to release? Some kind of a device that you had to buy in order to use Facebook. <laughs> like, I mean, like it, there was there were rumors about a Facebook smartphone a while back, if you remember. Sure, but like, but but at the end of the day, you can still use Facebook on all devices. Like, true. I'm yeah. just saying, like, it's just it's just weird to me that they would really, you know, that they that they're so concerned about linking the hardware and the software together, and maybe they just maybe long term they were thinking of. Of moving away from that, and short term, they're keeping that way to because the technology just wasn't there, and and somewhere along yeah. the line, well, Alvin, who and knows? The, the parallel or analogy that people always give is, um, you know, Facebook's approach is similar to Apple's approach in terms of how they integrate their software and hardware. But even Apple, um, you know, when iTunes first came out and revolutionized the music industry by offering single song downloads. Uh, that wasn't only available on Macs. I mean, they also made that available for PCs so that people could go out and buy an iPod, which is in a completely different industry in terms of like its electronic type. Um, but, you know, they'd be able to come back, use whatever type of the computer they had, whether it's Mac or Windows, and be able to use their iPod with it. They wouldn't have to buy a separate, you know, laptop that matches with the, you know, it, like the hardware wouldn't have to all line up. So at some point, mm-hmm. I, I do agree with you that there's got to be some give and take on there and they're going to have to make some type of adjustment. And and, yeah. and going back to, to Viveport, like, like you had mentioned earlier, um, I would be shocked. I would be genuinely shocked if it wasn't open to all platforms because, you know, you talked about the numbers and in terms of what, like 1.75 to 2 million units out there in terms of just, you know, high-end headsets. Um, the thing is, you know, HTC, they, you know, they, they want to get their cut. They want to get their cut, especially when it comes to um, the software side of things, because right now they don't get anything. Rift mm-hmm. owners can buy games through Oculus Home or they can buy games through um, Steam. But that mm-hmm. money either goes right back into Oculus or it goes to Valve. Now you open up the platform or sorry, the subscription to all platforms. Um, and you include, you know, PlayStation. I'm not sure about PlayStation VR, if that's going to be compatible, but yeah, I mean, it would, it would take more work. It would take more work, but at least, at least for Oculus owners. And the thing is then for H for HTC, I I feel like it's a no brainer because one, it goes along with what they've been saying about keeping an open uh, ecosystem. And number two, you know, there's 250,000, uh, potential buyers in there, potential subscribers and, and growing uh, that, you know, they would normally never get any money from because that money would either go back to Oculus or to Valve. So it, it just makes sense to me that they would find a way to integrate that because even if you get a, you know, just a small percentage of Oculus Home users, um, or sorry, not Oculus Home, but just Oculus Rift users, uh, yeah. you know, that that's that's a good amount of revenue. And, and the thing is, if you're the only service offering that, Steam doesn't have a, you know... Um, 
a subscription model. And I, I'm not sure about Oculus Home, but you know, this if HTC can really capitalize on getting those high-end experiences and offering them on the subscription model, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's a no-brainer for me. I would be yeah. genuinely shocked if it wasn't on all platforms. No, I, and I agree. And it seems like they're taking that approach. If you take, you know, this Joel Brenton for at his word and a lot of what they've been talking about, and it seems like that's going to be the way to do things. I just wonder at what point is it going to make sense for Oculus to do the same? I mean, one could argue that even right now it makes sense for them to do. I just think like they're, I mean, I know Revive exists and people can purchase Oculus titles and get them to work on their Vive, but not natively supported, not, you know, there's no uh, consistency or really, you know, security and in, in doing and in, in using that method to play games from the Oculus store on, you know, using your Vive. I mean, imagine if Oculus added in support for the Vive and slowly started making titles officially compatible. How many people that have, you know, Vives would would be would be buying these AAA titles and other other great content that Oculus is putting out um, and and giving Oculus money that way. I mean, I just it's. I mean, it'll be interesting to see where things go. Uh, but it's just it's just fascinating the way you know all of these different approaches are are really fascinating and and so far it seems like HTC Valve the Vive all of these these more open platforms are really you know are really beating out you know these closed off platforms like like Oculus right now. Well, the 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 not so secret reality of the situation is that Oculus probably loves Revive. I mean, if you think about it, they're getting a customer base there that they wouldn't normally reach because they they get mm-hmm. to tout the fact that they have exclusives, that they are purely catering to their their market, um, mm-hmm. you know, which which makes Oculus uh, fans and Oculus owners very happy because they feel like they're part of you know the special club there. But at the same time, uh, you know, they want apps like Revive to succeed because now you're getting money from Vive owners that you wouldn't yep. normally get. So yeah, it's it's a it's a cold war uh, on many fronts. <laughs> you know what I mean, like there's there's a lot yeah. of stuff happening where. Um, yeah, I mean, re, we, we would think that revive benefits us, but you know, I, I, oh, Oculus, Oculus should, probably yeah. loves that too. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, that's an interesting point. And I mean, they would be stupid to not feel that way if, if all they're doing is getting money from these. <laughs> yeah. For, I mean, for any, it. for anybody like worried about the fact that Oculus might shut down revive, I mean, there, there's no incentive for them to do so unless, unless, you know, there's some kind of information being leaked or something being hacked in there. But, um, you know, like there's, there's just no, no reason for them to shut it down. Yep. Cool, Matt. Well, um, we'll just have to follow the story as it goes along. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, and, it and seems is, like every, every, every week or two, there's, there's news stories coming out that just kind of pushes us a little bit further into understanding how some of these companies are working and, and what their main motivations are. And, and it, I mean, yeah, props to HTC for again doubling down on this stuff. Like, I mean, whether we agree or disagree on on the extent to which Oculus might be hurting the the VR you know platform, whatever. I mean, it, they HTC has done a great job of supporting open VR and and uh, VR in general as well. So uh, you know, it's it's great to hear that they are approaching this from a from an open point of view. View, and I am excited to see kind of how that, how all of, 
all of these statements are going to play out once, you know, once these first party titles start coming out, once there's more headsets on the market, you know, really how this is all going to, you know, work to their advantage or, or not. So. Absolutely. Well, and, and this is going to be a, a long play. So, you know, mm-hmm. we won't have answers by next week or probably even next year. We'll just have to see kind of how the, uh, the market shakes out. Yep. Cool, Matt. Well, let's let's jump into Game Talk. And before we do, I just want to give uh, a quick shout out to Eric Westcott. Um, so before we jump into this, Ronnie, I, I actually should have mentioned this before yeah, we no, started recording. But of uh, Eric reached out and wanted to uh, let us know that, um, well, we, we talked about Quiver last week. And so mm. he just wanted to give a, a couple more thoughts. Um, okay. And so... Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to play it again since that time, but a uh, couple of the ones that stood out uh, that I just wanted to share with the audience so that you know we can give uh, a better look or at least a more comprehensive look at um, at the game Quiver, uh, which is that archery game. So uh, he said you guys made a point uh, about how there's only a single level, but there are actually at least two other levels with pretty different looks. Um, mm. You know, however, the, the way this game is being developed is that huge portions are scraped and replaced uh, as the developer f- uh, finally tunes this stuff in Unity as he learns and, and goes along. Um, Got it. So, so it, it, the way that it's being described is that it's less of a game and more of a live experiment um, that people can kind of follow along, which which actually is is fascinating for me. I haven't wow. had a chance to jump in, but now um, you know, I'd, I'd love to be able to see this kind of developed, and so. No, that's really cool, and and I kind of wish that there was something more in my face. I mean, it's possible that I missed something when I was like booting it up or going through the tutorial or whatnot, um, because I did, I think, at some point, just stop the tutorial and and go right into the game. I mean, if if that's how this stuff is going to work, like it'd be really it'd be cool to kind of see that more come to the surface for people playing the game for the first time. So that they know to come back, and because now that I know that, that's super, super, super interesting. And I'm going to make sure to kind of check in on it every every week or so, just to just to check for for updates like that. Because because that that does sound really awesome. I just I had no idea as as someone that was just coming to the game, you know, for a few days or so, and there weren't any major changes. Uh, there was no way, like I, I had no idea. So that's kind of I mean, that's. I think that sounds really interesting, and yeah. that that gives people a reason to come back to the game. No, one hundred percent. I mean, on on the on the just a quick point on that. Um, Eric also mentioned that it's uh, it, Quiver is the king of updates. He says there's almost one hundred and seventy five as of today since it came out in December. So wow. so yeah, I mean, there's there's obviously stuff being added in all the time. So yeah. the game that you play you know, last week or whenever you played it, uh, probably is looking already a little bit different if that, if that's going okay. the same. No, that's very cool. And, and I'd be curious, I mean, maybe I need to do a little bit more research as far as what all the updates do. Like my kind of quick, my, my, I guess my assumption was that there were so many updates because a lot of the updates are kind of, you know, adding items or, or, or that kind of thing. Cause I do know that you can kind of upgrade your character and, all that kind of stuff, but like, yeah, I mean, that's uh, props to the developers uh, that are working on the title to really, you know, give the community all of that type of support. And I, that makes me really excited to go back to the game. 
Yeah, for sure. Thank, thank you, Eric. I mean, this is great. You know, for for us, like we just try to jump into new games every week so that we can give give our thoughts and impressions. And you know, something like this when you haven't been with a game for a while, and I don't know, maybe Ronnie, that's something we can do is like getting mm-hmm. a game, you know, ahead of time. No, we yeah, and well, and, and, and maybe and talking and I, about it a couple of weeks down the road. You know. Yeah. No, and we've been talking. Yeah, we've been talking about that just in general of how do you you know, especially with with covering VR titles and how many are coming out on a on a weekly basis now, uh, just as far as keeping up with updates, because a lot of these games are early access and there aren't any fixed schedules in terms of when developers are, you know, updating things or not. So sometimes it's a little bit hard. I mean, just for, even for our viewers out there, I'm sure a lot of, there are a lot of Vive owners that have quite a few titles at this, up to this point and just kind of, you know, keeping up with what, additions are being you know made to games and and what the updates are are they substantial are they not all that kind of stuff i mean we'll have to you know continue to think of ways to keep track of a lot of these early access titles to make sure that you know we're covering stuff when when it's relevant to cover updates so yeah, for well, sure. Well, I, I yeah, I know I know we talked about that last week, but let's uh let's you and I once we're we're done here. I know we're just kind of brainstorming live on the yeah, uh, on yeah. the podcast, but um we we can go ahead and I would say maybe just pick some games and do an, a whole episode on specifically games that we've covered in the past or that have been out for a while, but the updates have been completely different, you know, in the last couple of months. So let's yeah, let's yeah. go ahead and game. actually plan that out because I mean yeah. so, something like this, like this is awesome. So thank you so much, Eric. We do appreciate that and are glad that we're able to to kind of share that perspective, um, you know, that we missed last week. Yep, yep. No, that that sounds good. And yeah, I mean, yeah, something like. You know, just to cover the the games that have had substantial updates. Because some games, I mean, obviously just tweaking, you know, an AI routine here or there, probably not something that is worth mentioning. But like some titles, like you, like we were talking about a little bit last week, I mean, literally are night and day different experiences after updates than they were originally. So those are definitely titles to to watch out for. So. Very cool, man. Okay, well, so let's let's jump into our game talk for this week. Uh, I think you said you wanted to go first. Yeah. So I just had a quick like. This is more of a of a plug for me, probably at this point than anything. Um, I decided I was you know kind of checking out Steam, and I noticed that uh, Dread Halls had came out for the Vive. It was a kind of a a, a maze horror type game. Uh, that I had played on the original Oculus Dev Kit uh, a few years ago, and I said, "Huh, that's you know." I thought that was interesting that that was you know finally like you know coming to Steam with Vive support and whatnot. Um, but it didn't really. I mean, I I never had the nostalgia for that game quite like some of the other titles that I had played on my de- on my initial Oculus Dev Kit. Um, but that kind of reminded me to go back and. And check out a game that is released in Steam for the Vive. That I, I mean, I would, I would, I would say that it was probably my first just mind, you know, mind blowing, jaw dropping VR experience ever. And that was Titans of Space. That game, I just remember the first time I, 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 I booted that up and felt like I was in space and was able to look at 
different planets and the sun was behind me. I felt like I was in a real, like that was one of the first times that I really had a moment of, of, of getting true immersion and a sense of presence in virtual reality. And I, I'll never forget it. And so I, I, I kind of felt like I owed it to the developers to purchase, you know, Titans of space 2.0 in the steam store. I think it was eight bucks. Uh, I purchased it and tried it out on the Vive, and it's just as it's just as good, if not better, for the Vive as it as I remembered it for the original dev kit. So uh, for the Oculus, so so not to like, I mean, this isn't like a this isn't gonna. It's it's basically a thirty minute experience more or less. So there isn't a ton of of replayability or anything like that, but it is really cool to show people. And I think just in general, the thing that I loved about it the most is just the presentation in it is amazing. And you actually feel like you're learning about, about space and about our solar system throughout, throughout the, the, the 30, like the 25 minute or so uh, tour of, the, of, of our solar system that you go through. So just, uh, I mean, literally you load it up and, you're in a little like kind of spaceship thing and it takes you from planet to planet in our solar system. And it tells you that, you know, everything is, is down to, I think one millionth scale. So you see the sun behind you and then you go from, from each planet to planet and all of the different moons and asteroids and dwarf planet, just everything that you can think of. That's a major, uh, a major body in our solar system and 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 as you know the all of the all of the planets are wonderfully detailed they're actually they actually look much better than than they looked in the oculus dev kit and you know both because the the headset obviously is better but also just because i think they've improved uh on the textures and whatnot uh since the original releases um but uh you go from planet to planet and and down on your on your spaceship monitor, it has information about each planet, so you can see how large they are and how they compare to other planets, and you can read more information. And they give you kind of interesting facts about each planet, and so it's really kind of a cool educational resource on that front. And then what makes it special because it's in VR is that they start showing you scales. So near the end, you'll see. I don't want to give too much away, but I mean, basically, they they bring in different bodies, different stars from from other uh, from other solar systems and other and, and and you know the rest of the the galaxy, just to show you that as big as our sun is, there are things out there that make everything in our solar system feel tiny in comparison. And seeing that in VR and seeing the scale of it is really, I think, something that you can't really do any other way. I mean, there's just no way that you could really get that sense of scale, uh, you know, on a chalkboard or something. You really have to have to see it for yourself. So, you know, the music's great. Um, this whole time there's kind of an epic orchestral background uh, as you go from planet to planet. And I, like I said, it's just, it was a game that I felt needed to be plugged at some point. And, and quite frankly, a game that I needed to purchase at some point for my Vive because it just had such a strong impact on me um, and my initial impressions in virtual reality. So, uh, you know, if the developer ever happens to listen to this or anything like that, 
uh, you know, just props to you. And, and I mean, in a lot of ways, your strong first impression um, on Titans of Space, you know, the original version for the Oculus Dev Kit is part of what made me, you know, stick with all of this stuff and, and be where I am now. So, so that's kind of, that's, that's why I wanted to plug the title and, and why I think anybody that likes space or is interested in more educational uh, programs for the Vive, uh, you know, you might want to check this out. Cool, man. Well, I love space, so I will be checking it out. I wish you had mentioned. I wish you had mentioned it earlier. Now. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, I like I said, it's been it's been kind of on my in the background of my. You know, I've been thinking of picking it up, but I mean, I had played it before on the original, so it was kind of one of those things. Well. I wonder if they made a lot of changes or, and it, and it's still fairly similar to what it was like before, but they've definitely added quite a bit to it. And it, and you can just tell that, I mean, they, it has full, it, you know, you can either do a sit down or stand up experience. I mean, it doesn't really like, you're not going to be walking around in it per se because it's a guided tour. Um, but it, but it supports the, the motion controllers for the vibe. It does a great job of that. Just, is, is there yeah. any like interactivity with it or is it more so just uh there I are I, I, expositional? Didn't, I didn't yeah so i didn't get into that that portion of the game too too much yet it does seem like they added a couple of things to kind of launch like there is there's an a mode separate from the tour mode that kind of let you kind of launch yourself out into space and it seems like you'd be able to manipulate objects that way and and you can, like, as you're looking at each planet, you can kind of, you know, grab them and kind of, you know, look at them more close up. And, and you know, all of, the, all of the UI and interfacing is through your little spaceship pod thing. So there's, like, you know, a little display in front of you. And then you have buttons on si- the sides of the display that you point at with your motion controller. And then you can click on, you know, or, or hold down to go move from like menu to menu. So like, so you can kind of interact with those to, to get more information about each planet and then, and then kind of go through the tour just, and they have a shortened tour. I think that's around 15 minutes long, which if I were to guess probably cuts out some of the extra, you know, uh, you know, space, you know, some of the, some of the extra stuff, like some of the moon and stuff like that, that are, that are focused on. Cause I mean, this is pretty extensive. Like I said, I mean, Literally, you will be seeing every moon, or a lot of the moons anyway, all of the major moons on each of the planets in our solar system. And, you know, there, there, are, quite, there are a lot more, uh, like, you know, space bodies, I don't know what you would call them, but there are a lot more things in our solar system to see than one would initially think. And uh, for someone like me that has kind of limited knowledge of, of, of our own solar system, it's awesome to to get this firsthand experience and learn, you know, a lot, uh, learn about things that, that I didn't know otherwise. So. Very cool, man. Well, this, this sounds like it was, uh, similar to my longbow experience in terms of what just opened my eyes to the capabilities of VR and got me hooked right away. It sounds like you had your moment with this one. Yep. Cool, man. Well, um, yeah, so that one's available on Steam, I think, for seven ninety nine. That's U.S. dollars, um, and you got Ronnie's personal recommendation. So, if you love space, make sure to check that one out. Um, my game for this week is the, the 
seems like it's the new Reddit darling in terms of first person shooters. I, I tried out Pavlov VR and um, it's, it's really good. I actually had a lot of fun jumping into it. Um, I, so I've played Onward, uh, like I said before, I'm not very good at Onward, but I do enjoy playing it. Um, so I, unfortunately my, you know, fortunately or unfortunately my comparisons are going to be very much uh, related to my experiences with Onward. And I, I will say this, I feel as though the game is much easier to pick up. The learning curve is not as high or not as steep as a game like Onward. It's also not as in-depth, but um, to me that that represents uh, n- not necessarily a complete benefit, but definitely a benefit in uh, or advantage in, in certain ways. And so the thing is like, you know, I, I just jumped into the game, was able to um, you know, jump, jump into a match and, uh, you know, I, I wasn't great right away, but I was discovering as I went along and, you know, I just, I didn't die in the first, uh, 30 seconds of each, of each match or each round. Um, which to me was an accomplishment because, uh, you know, I usually don't make it as far, uh, and onward because for some reason I, I'm just not, uh, on the same level as a lot of people who've been playing that on a more consistent basis. But for this, I, you know, I felt like I was much more competitive. I, you know, obviously it's, it's very team-based and I, I really liked the movement, uh, which is something that, um, I struggled with a little bit and onward and they're, they're both locomotion based. Um, mm. but for some reason, the movement in Pavlov just felt much cleaner. I felt like I was able to get a much better sense of my surroundings being able to move, uh, relative to them. So kind of being able to like strafe around corners, um, it, or, you know, just being able to back up properly, uh, mm-hmm. while, you know, while, while firing in the direction that I'm going away from, uh, and, and looking in the direction that I'm going away from. And so it's, it's little things like that, um, that, uh, and again, maybe I have, I haven't jumped into onward for a couple of weeks, so it could have improved. But, um, if I'm just making a direct comparison, I do like the locomotion or the movement much better, uh, in Pavlov. Uh, there, sorry, let go me ahead. just ask Oh no, just uh, on the, on that, you know, point, it, are you limited in any way in terms of what you're able to do um, in Pavlov versus Onward? Because I know part of what makes Onward so challenging is just how much control you have over, you know, the type of movement. And, and I mean, it's not always intuitive, but it does give you like a lot of options. Like, you, do you have do you have as many options? Or? You you don't, and, and I think that, like I said. In, in a way, I'm sure some people will look at that and say like, oh, you know, this this game is too simple for me. But in, in other aspects, I, I would argue that, you know, in the long run, simplicity sometimes wins out on, mm-hmm. when you're trying to reach a broader audience. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, you know, the, the, the game is being compared to Counter-Strike a lot, which I, I played a little bit back in the day, but mm. um, I, I can definitely see the comparisons. And so, you know, there, there's not complicated loadouts. You kind of just start off and you can buy your weapons at the beginning of each round. Uh, you know, your money kind of fluctuates with how well you're doing. Um, and so, you know, the, I guess, I guess also what made, uh, what, what may have made this game a little bit easier for me to grasp, uh, in terms of the reloading for the guns and like the gun mechanics overall, um, was the fact that I had played games like Onward, that I played games like Containment Initiative, where the you know the reloading mechanics are super tough, um, or at least they they require somewhat of a learning curve. So you know I jump into a game like this, and after having experience 
with those other games, it's easy for me to pick up because, you know, the movements are almost uh, second nature. Yeah, I might be pressing a different button for something specifically, but mm -hmm. on the whole, um, you know, you, you get used to it pretty quickly, whether it's the trigger button or the grip button or something like that. You're, you're familiar with how this stuff works. So, you know, you empty out the clip, you reload with a new magazine, you cock it back and you're back in action type of thing. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's a, it's, it's a lot of fun too. Um, you know, and I, I, I don't want to overuse that game when, or that, that adjective when it comes to <laughs> games, but, um, you know, I, like I had a blast with it and maybe it was just the group that I was playing with, um, uh, during my first time specifically, but like, I, I was literally laughing because of all like the shenanigans that was happening. And like, you know, there's, there's a, uh, I, I mean, like our team was actually doing pretty well this one round and like someone like threw a random grenade and like it didn't land where it was supposed to and came right back at us. And it was almost like a, like a scene out of like a comedy or a cartoon where like, you know, it comes back and we all start yelling and running and it, you know, it's just like, <laughs> it's just like silly little moments like that, that I'm like, you know, I'm having a great time in like a military tactical shooter, which, you know, that's, of course, it's not a rule that you can't have a good time or can't have fun. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, like I, I've, uh, again, and I'm not trying to bash Onward because I, I, I really do like the game. Um, but there's just, like I said, there's, there's a reason that this, you know, that Pavlov has gotten, um, you know, a certain, not cult following, but a certain like, uh, it's, it's built up a certain fan base. And so as of now, obviously it's an early access. So there's, there's not as much content. And, uh, I know Damon has been in touch with the, the developer, uh, just trying to get more information on the game as well. And so, you know, there's, there's definitely a lot of stuff coming out and I'm excited to see what happens because I think there's, there's one map right now. There's only one map, but there still seems like there's a, a good amount of players on there. And, you know, I, I think the map changes uh, in terms of the objectives every single round. So it's, you know, it doesn't get too stale. I'm sure maybe if, if for the people who have been playing it for a while, it has. But, um, you know, it's, it's exciting to see that there's, there's going to be other stuff added, obviously. And the, the content will continue to come through. Um, you know, as long as the, the developer stays active, which, you know, it seems like he's, he's very, uh, very much involved with the community for it. So hmm. very um, cool. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. That sounds, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Is, uh, and, and it's, it's, uh, I just, just throw the price out there real quick. It's nine ninety nine. So to me, that's, that's not a bank breaker, you know, compared to some of the other games that are out mm -hmm. there. Um, and, and, and does it seem like there's a lot of, I mean, I know, I know people are talking about it a lot. I mean, it's really quick to get into a match and, and all of that. Yeah, so it took me a little while to figure that out, but you, you get into matches through the menu. I, I was going around like the lobby area where you where you first get in, and uh, it mm -hmm. took me a while to figure out because I, I kind of just got lost and didn't see any other way and then found that you can uh, actually join matches through the menu. So for anyone who's going to try the game, hopefully saving you maybe a minute or two there of uh, looking around trying to figure out how to exactly jump into matches. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I don't want to oversell it. I don't want to undersell it. I think it's a fantastic game. It's early access. So, mm -hmm. you know, for 10 bucks, I, I just want you to be aware of exactly what you're buying. But, um, you know, with, when it comes to early access, like we always say, you're buying potential. It's, uh, I guess, it's maybe like buying a stock, right? But um, you kind of have a little bit more visibility into how much the developer is. Uh, involved with the game, the type of updates that they're planning, you know, whatever it is, and whatever types of information that they share. Um, and, you know, it seems like this one has a lot of potential. It seems like a lot of people have have jumped onto the bandwagon uh, pretty early on. And so, 
um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm right there with them. I, it's, it's a lot of fun for me to, to, to jump in. I, I love the mechanics. I love the, the feel of it. The movement is great. Um, and you know, the community is that what's great about, you know, the community overall. And, and I know we say this about a lot of games, but the, the fact is that it still remains to be true with the growing number of Vive owners out there is, you know, you jump into a game and, um, it's my first time with a game. So I, I'm asking questions and I don't get, you know, crap from anybody about it. In fact, everybody's like super helpful. I was just like, you know, I was like, how do I do this? And they're like, oh, you just do that. And I was like, yeah, this is actually my first time. And so then, you know, people actually stopped and were like, oh, here, follow me. I'm going to show you how to like defuse the bomb, do all that stuff. And so, you know, like it's just, it's, it's those like little experiences here and there that really make, um, you know, that, that I guess add to the game experience overall. Like you, you come away with such a positive feeling from it being like, man, I had a good time at some pretty cool people had a, you know, a fun experience with it. And so, yeah, I mean, if, if you're on the fence about getting the game, you know, I just got it earlier this week and, uh, I'll, I'll probably be back in it quite a bit more as I try to, uh, level up and just, I guess, become better at the game overall, but, um, de definitely worthwhile, or at least worth checking out if you're into first person shooters. Um, and so, yeah, man. Awesome. Well, that, that sounds great. Sounds like you, you've been having a lot of fun. So yeah, <laughs> you got, you got Zane's recommendation out there and, and hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys, you know, won't beat on him too, too bad when he goes back in and plays later later this week yeah yeah well it's it's okay bring it on i you, you only get better by uh, <laughs> by facing the best or playing against the best so uh, you know I, I i don't mind it as long as i can uh, get a couple shots here and there and um which which like i said i was able to do in my first time playing it which surprised me so um yeah it's 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 a fun game i hope to see you guys in there if you do join and um yeah username is everything vibe so you know where to uh, you know where to find me um, Very cool. But yeah, so let's go ahead and wrap this one up. I, I don't have anything else. I don't know about you. Yeah, no, that, that that's all I have for this week. So yeah, the only other I, I just I'll just mention I saw uh, there's a lot of chatter about that Paranormal Activity game out now. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was thinking about picking it up. My only reservation right now was that I heard it's still a little bit like the. I heard the, the the control in the game is a little bit wonky yeah, right now. Yeah, the, the movement I think is based on where you're looking, and a lot of people don't like that. But I, I did see some uh, some posts from the developers saying that they're going to work on the, um, I guess, work on updating that and just providing more options. But I don't know, yeah. man. I'm I'm not good with jump scare games like that. So no, <laughs> if you get it, if you I'm get it, let you, me I was know. Kinda, no, I'll. I, I was flirting with the idea of, of, of picking that up this week, and I just I, I haven't yet, but I probably will at some point. So we'll see. I I mean I, I feel like at some point I'm gonna grab it just because I want to put someone else in there and watch them play it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Watch them squirm and watch, scream. And watch them go through the. I mean, hey, you know what? There's, there's some people who uh, they just they they love the torture. They love being able to put themselves Dude, in those types of positions. So you know what? Let me I'll help them in out by doing it virtually for them. Yeah, people that like scary movies, I feel like virtual reality is just, it, when it's done well, horror is amazing in virtual reality. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, so many so many good horror games out there. Um, I was just reading, <laughs> reading about, uh, like, uh, Chair in a Room, Greenwater, and how, yeah, yeah. like, that was, I, you know, people were talking about how that was, like, one of the first games that really gave them um, a sense of presence in terms of just, uh, you know, that horror type of element. You know, now that I've, I've been, I've been more, you know, 
more more engulfed in virtual reality. Like I picked up that game, I think right right when it came out, and it was I was still relatively I wasn't as seasoned in VR as I am now. Like as far as vibe mechanics go and all of that. I mean, I was used to it, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder about going back to it now. How how it would be because there was there were a few moments in that game where I kind of got stuck where I didn't know, you know, how to how to get the game to move on from where I was. And I'm just wondering if, if some of that stuff will be a little, I, I should check out that game. Again. Okay. So, so let's, let's add that to the list. Uh, well, I mean, okay. So one of the next episodes yeah. that we'll do, um, actually, so here's, here's a good, uh, action piece for us to leave the episode on. One of the next episodes that we will do will be this going back and, um, playing through games that have, significant updates. So if there is one that you guys would like to recommend, I mean, we're going to come up with a list uh, and maybe come out with it uh, later this week or next week. But if you have games that have had significant up- uh, updates like um, like Quiver or other games out there, uh, definitely let us know uh, so that we can kind of keep that on the radar as we go through and start playing these and put together that episode for you guys. Yep. No, that, yeah. Uh, any help you guys can provide us is always greatly appreciated. You know, we're we're just two people. We can only do so much. So so you know, all the help we get from all our all our fantastic listeners is always appreciated. So absolutely. And so uh, with that, let's go ahead and close out. Um, just want to give a little reminder that we are on iTunes, Stitcher, and uh, all your favorite podcasting apps. Uh, if you can go ahead and leave us a review, especially on iTunes, if you guys are listening uh, through the podcast or the iTunes app. Uh, we would appreciate it. Obviously, we're trying to grow the podcast out. It'll help us get um, you know more more developers, and we do have developers coming down the pipeline. So we will have those for you guys again very soon. But it, you know, it just helps the podcast grow, helps us get uh, newer insights, and hopefully some cooler guests on the show as well. So if you could leave a review, we'd appreciate it. And just another reminder that uh, the Steam Key giveaway for the Smashbox Arena Steam Key uh, will be. Um, on youtube so make sure you go there episode number 61 leave us a comment you can let us know uh, about what we were just talking about in terms of uh games with cool updates or just uh leave us a comment let us know what you thought about the news or the games that we covered and uh we will go from there but ronnie you have a fantastic rest of your week man same to you take care all right guys well take care we'll talk again very very soon